Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's feature guest, Larry Michael. Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be on the show. Awesome. Well, if there's anybody listening right now that isn't familiar with Larry, let me give you a little background. Larry is also known as the Love Shepherd. He's the founder of the School of Genetic Energetics. He's a master ERP and the host of the Larry Love Show. He is a breakthrough relationship coach, author, trainer, speaker, and producer. Larry actually came to Southern California as a former partner of Tony Robbins, having designed and developed Robbins corporate training programs. He also was an operating partner and, and helped launch John Asaraf in his initial teachings towards brain entrapment and neuroplasticity. Now, as the founder and the voice of TheFourAnswers.com, he's brought to the world the only scientifically proven online compatibility system that unlocks the mysteries and reveals the true motivations behind our actions, from devastating emotional upsets to our most joyous and blissful experiences. Larry has dedicated his life to creating possibility for all of us to live in courageous intimacy, in deep connectivity, and in our full loving expression. Larry, we covered a lot there. Take a minute, let us know if we missed anything, and give us a glimpse into how you got started doing all this. I don't think you missed anything. It was probably too much. <laughs> How did I get started? Oh my gosh! Um, I I think I it's yeah I have to thank my parents for that one. When I was a young kid, they didn't get along very well. In fact, they never really got along very well. And I just knew there had to be something better, something different uh, in terms of how to interact and connect in life. And, and so, from a very young age, I was going. I was just looking, constantly looking, and. Um, and then I had some really fun things happen and probably the, the funnest, craziest thing that happened to me was at age 14, I, I had a crush on the lifeguard at, at, uh, the country club we belonged to. And I asked her out on a date and she said, well, no, you need to read a couple books first. And I went, what? <laughs> she had me, she had me read two books and the books were psycho cybernetics and Siddhartha. And it's, it's like, if you know these books, you know, one's kind of like, uh, of course, the history of Buddha and took me into you know the kind of the esoteric realm. But the other one was like the the foundational piece for modern day therapy, and um, and that's what I started reading at age fourteen. Wow! And it and it really it kind of solidified a course that for me took me to the University of Washington, studied psychology and into consulting and working in the coaching environment. And, and I, you know, I've had a lot of different occupations over the decades and, and each of them at the end of the day kind of come back to how do we optimize the human condition? 
Nice. And so, it, you know, when I look at my path, it's like I had a lot of time going, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? And, you know, I look back now and I go, well, I was pretty crystal clear the whole time. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, sometimes but, it's right in front of our face, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, so much. I mean, hindsight's, you know, always accurate, right? Yeah. Um, and when I look back, it's 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 pretty telling. Um, and it's telling to me about how to move forward into the future too. And I, and I really enjoy that. So, um, it's been a great life when it comes to, to working with people. And then a decade ago I was introduced to, to what at the time was called match matrix, which is genetic energetics is what we call it now. And it is a, a science that actually identifies energetic frequencies that we vibrate at, and it has been the most powerful tool that I've ever worked with in all of my therapy and coaching work um, to help people very quickly and very thoroughly get out of their stories and get present. And uh, you know, and that has been life changing, not just for my clients, but very much for me. Yeah, that's that sounds incredible. Well. Larry, I mean, that's, that's so fascinating that, you know, when you were 14, these are the two books you're handed <laughs> or required <laughs> to read, right? Um, I mean, like, I can't even imagine myself reading those books at 14. Um, so good for you for doing it. Uh, she must have been really cute. <laughs> she was really cute, you know, and I wish I knew where she was today so I could thank her, but I have no clue. <laughs> well, maybe she'll listen to this and she'll be like, yeah. that was me. That was me. <laughs> that would be so amazing. I want to ask you a question because clearly, like you said, this has kind of been bounced around your world your whole life. And I'm wondering, what do you find, like when we're talking about relationships and partnerships, what do you find keeps you on track? Do you have a guiding principle or a mantra or something that brings you back when you get off in the weeds? Oh, gosh. Well, there's so many things that can get you off track. Um yeah, there's things within the relationships and things without. Um, I, I guess maybe I'll, I'll, I'll share something that, that has really been, become really clear to me, um, especially in the last few years. And the relationship I'm in right now is absolutely beautiful, and it's kind of like finally proof. And, the, you know, there's a lot of talk about relationships are difficult, they're hard work, or opposites attract, and, and you know, there is... There's some truth to that, but there's also a lot of, of not so accurate information there. And at the end of the day, what I know about relationships now is that relationships are never hard work. The great relationships flow. They're really beautiful. And the hard work is not the relationship. It is our ability to be honest and vulnerable and authentic and tapped into who we truly are. And so when a relationship seems not to work, gets gronky and tough, the, the real work at that time is to look inward and go, what's up with me? Like, what am, what am I, what's, what's my issue here? What's really bugging me? You know, Ken, it's like, it's like when you find yourself and you're, you point a finger at someone, you go, ah, son of a, he did this, mm -hmm. right? And you're judging someone. Yeah. That's like the perfect time to turn around and go, oh, okay, hold on, <laughs> hold on. There's three fingers pointing back at you. What's really up? Because yeah. it's never the other person, right? It's, it might be. There may be the trigger, but the real issue is our own issue. It's our own work that needs to be done. And so my knowledge now or my knowing about relationships is that when something gets really sticky and gronky and uncomfortable, and 
um, I got to go inside and go, what have I not completed or finished? What belief system am I holding on to right now that's just thrown me so totally off? You know, and what? And and that's a, you know, with that approach, that really changed my life. Changed my life on how I interact, not just with my beloved, but with everybody. Yeah, no, that that's that's such a great reminder. And yeah, it'd, it'd be nice if we could just, you know, put it all on everybody else and not have to do anything. <laughs> but oh, I, I'm I, really good at it. I mean, geez, how easy it is to point a finger. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you reminded me, one of my earliest guests on the show was a man named Roy Biancolana, and he said something I will never forget. He said, there's no aha moments when you're pointing the finger. Mm, he's so right. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like huge, because it is. It's so easy to project out, and it's all about them, and yet, um, well, I'm here too. What's my role? Yeah. Yeah. Our projections, you know, as human beings we kind of naturally have to project. I mean, to put one left foot in front of the right and to walk, we've got to project to a certain degree. But, you know, that's kind of, um, you know, motor skills. But there's emotional projections that are the most damaging things that we can get into. I mean, we project on, on men and women all the time. I don't know about you, but I hear a lot of conversation from, you know, from my uh, compadres in this industry that say, well, men are and women are, and you know, this is the masculine and this is the feminine. And, and there's some good information there, but I'm going to tell you, if we determine what's the masculine and what's the feminine or how a woman should show up or how a man should show up before we even connect with someone, we've already screwed it up. Yeah. We have like totally screwed it up because we don't see the person when we get together. We only see what they, what we want to see. And, and they don't. We don't give them an opportunity to really see us because we're putting on a show, and you know. And so when we're projecting, we're constructing. We're not present, and and that gets in the way of discovering who any two people are in relationship with each other. Absolutely. And, uh, so. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, you know, you you mentioned something because I love the way that turned out because those projections. What I instantly thought of is it's like you create these filters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't take too many filters laid on top of each other till you really can't see that person at all. And no, you're not very interacting few. with them, you're interacting with this expectation of them. Exactly. Exactly. And it totally, totally takes us out of the present. And, and, and here's the real crux of that one. I mean, what do we all want? We want connection and love. Yeah. That's my belief system. Um, and we want, we want to truly be loving and be loved. Well, Here's the crazy thing about love. As soon as you define love, it's not. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not. It's no longer. Like, like, you know, we have this love experience, and then we want someone to continue to be that way for us all the time. Well, so we've defined love and tried to immortalize it because it was a great experience, but that now excludes the present. Or we project love. We go, well, this is what I want. This is what someone needs to do for me. If they do that, I'll feel love. Well, now, we, now we're constructing everything, and again, we're excluding the present. And, and if we can just like be totally present and allow ourselves to be seen, now, now that's love. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the experience of love, and and that's where the, that deep, true connection, compassion, and joy, and bliss, and co-creation. And serendipity all happen. Yep. Yeah, that's and awesome. That rocks. Yeah. That rocks. Exactly. You know? 
that's the thing we don't have words for. Mm. Yeah. And we don't need them. Exactly. That's the fun thing. We don't need them. Yeah, I, I, when I was a kid, I mean, I go back, I, I've been writing poetry since I was like 10. Mm. And, and I have this stuff. I go back and read some of it and I go, oh, God, that's horrible. <laughs> but, then, but then there's parts of it. There's like one-liners and I go, wow, where'd that come from? You know? And, and I just, like for the longest time, I was just, it's like seeing my parents not being happy. Well, I wanted to create happiness, so I would write about it, and I'd romanticize about it. And, and and all of those things were very creative and wonderful and could have been, you know, Hollywood movies, but they weren't real life, right? Yeah. And ultimately, the relationships that I had that seemed like they were so wonderful, and they did have wonderful aspects, they failed because... I never really got to the point where I knew who I was and who they were and would allow myself to be seen in a way that I could be courageously intimate and excited about the relationship. Yeah. And I did that brilliantly for years. I mean, I think sometimes the smarter we are, the more we know, the bigger trouble we get into. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that could be true. If we just stayed present and, and we're with the moment, we might be better off. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Larry, because I love where we started already, and I, I'd, I'd love to have you share a story with us of a time in your life when you kind of tripped up in a partnership, and just let us know what was going on, what what you trip on, and then what did you learn from that experience that helped you move forward? Hmm. Mm. Wow, I've tripped up in a number of ways. <laughs> Haven't we all? Uh, yeah, I've... Um... I've tripped up in a number of ways. Um, probably, uh, so can I share, I'm going to share two if I can. Sure. Uh, I'll see what we can do. That probably the the probably the biggest trip up that I made in my life in relationships is around um, what I call rational lies. Um, you know, rationalization is kind of uh, discussing or describing something and making it okay. Mm -hmm. But it really is a rational lie. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered is, is like, I'm a fix-it type person, and so I would, if things went a little bit sideways, were uncomfortable in a relationship, I would want to fix it. How do I fix it? And if it was something that maybe was like the reveal was really uncomfortable to me, then I, w I might keep it to myself going, okay, I can work through this. Like perhaps it's for not financial difficulties. At one time in my life, um, I I've had a, quite a roller coaster of of coming into money and then not being in money and coming into money and then not being into money and 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 so I had this belief system that I could always recover, right? Um, and when the stock market crashed years and years ago, I had a major crash, and I attempted to recover without telling my wife at the time. Right? And and so over the years, this belief system that I could always kind of rationalize a reason not to have to discuss something because I could fix it so no one else had to experience the downside of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so inside me, I'm like dying inside and on the out and I'm assuming I'm holding it in pretty good and no one can tell, which is total <laughs> bullshit. That's right? the biggest lie of all, right? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, no matter how good an actor you are, I believe that anybody that's really conscious and connected will know. Yes. Um, 
and, and especially your kids, by the way, <laughs> ever trying to, you know, that's, those are the ones that, that know, and they don't even know what they know, but they just know that something's wrong. Um, so what I, what I ended up happening is eventually I had to tell my wife mm-hmm. what was going on, that like we were in deep financial trouble and, and I wasn't going to be able to recover from this as fast as I thought without letting her know. And you know what? She really didn't want to know, but she needed to know. Mm-hmm. Like she would have rather that I just recovered too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guess what happened last week? But we're fine. Um, but the reality is, is that I kept that to myself and it did a lot of damage. And, and what I discovered is I thought, okay, well, it was a money thing that did a damage. And no, it really wasn't that, Ken. It was my belief system that that I have to work out things on my own all the time. Yeah. That if something is not working or is upsetting or it's really challenging or I don't feel good enough, which is probably at the core of it. I don't, I feel broken. I don't feel good enough. I feel damaged because I haven't been able to fix something the way I want it. While I'm in that place, keeping that all to myself, I've discovered is really the most damaging thing, especially when you're in the deep, when you're in a relationship, a committed relationship. And, you know, at that point, I like, I actually lost my, I, I ended up getting divorced. Wow. And, and the divorce happened for more reasons than just money. I don't believe, by the way, you'll hear me quote it all the time. I don't think any relationship has ever, ever, ever ended over money. Mm-hmm. I think money is only the scapegoat. Yeah. You can see it. You can, you know, count it on the bottom line. So people say, well, he stole this or he didn't have this or we were broke. That's bullshit. People that truly love and are connected with each other, they will go through huge losses and huge gains and they stay totally beautifully connected. So if a relationship ends and money's pointed to, again, you're, you're, you know, using money as the thing you point to, there's a deeper issue. Mm -hmm. So... I did identify the deeper issue, and that was a big deal too. But the the thing that was really important in this one was about honesty. It was about allowing oneself to be vulnerable yes. and the real value there. Huge. And and you know I had certainly read about it, and certainly had people talk about it, and I had gone to coaches and had my own therapist, and you know, and and been told about it. But I just kind of had it. I had just rationalized the whole thing, Ken. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and then I went, okay, now there's there's a core issue here about being willing to be vulnerable that's the big issue. And and from that, you know, my work progressed into now what I call courageous intimacy. And it and it went from this huge fear place, this place of fear that was debilitating that literally stopped me, that it didn't just affect me emotionally, but affected me physically. You know, anything that's an obstruction to our health and joy is not just an emotional, but it's a physical obstruction as well. Everything comes up. You get, you know, your arms, your legs, your your stamina, you end up with chronic illnesses, all those things. Those are all emotional things manifested in the physical body. And I just went, ah, I gotta stop this. Mm-hmm. And and so being truly intimate with your partner, but courageously intimate, is that point where now, when I know there's something to work through, I get excited. Yeah. 
I mean, I just switched it. I went, oh, no, I can't be painful. It's got to be something else because ultimately whenever I get through it, it's always a positive thing. So why don't we start with it being a positive thing? Mm. Get excited. I mean, if there's something that's like really, it kind of hurts and it's scary, you know, kind of think about going in a haunted house, you know? (laughs) It's like scary, but you go in because you go in with excitement to experience it and be willing to change. Yeah. And that's that's the piece that that I think is is, you know, I found has been damaging for me is that unwillingness to to change unless I was doing, you know, I was like I had to do it all on my own. I'm going to go into my own little cave and I'm going to figure this out. And no, no. I am in connection. I'm in partnership or I'm committed with someone. Let's do it together. And, and let's do it so that we know what comes out of it is way bigger. It's an emergence from where we were before. Yeah, that's, that's huge. So that's, I mean, that's, that was a big piece for me. Absolutely. And Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And then the other, the other one, which is like lasted to me most of my life was a story that, that, and this is, this is a lot of the work I'm doing right now with people comes from this realization that, you know, we have belief systems that have been given to us since we were little kids. And some of those belief systems are absolutely spectacular and some of them are really debilitating. And, um, and they're not ours. You know, they belong to our parents or they belong to some commercial or some advertisement or some experience we had. Um, and we're sitting carrying them around. Well, my dad had this one, and he used to say it to me as a kid. He says, you know what? Love never lasts. Mm. The only people you can ever trust is your immediate family. Everything else will go. It will never last. And he used to say that to me because when I was a kid, I didn't really get along well with my dad. And so he'd say, well, yeah, I'm the only one you could trust, right? But he was an asshole. <laughs> you know, I was going, so, so I didn't really want to believe it, but I, I was still hearing it. And what I discovered years and years later in, in one particular relationship, you know, I had this belief system that if you're going to get in a relationship, go in. Go in 100%. You've got to be 100%. Because if you're not 100%, then you're always doubting that something is going to go wrong and you're pretty much going to manifest its ending. And I still believe that that's true. And, but I used to, like, say that to my partners, well, you're not in 100%. <laughs> And then I realized that it was me. It wasn't just them. But there was also a part of me that wasn't in 100% because I still, was, I still had my dad's story in my head. Yeah. That even when I thought I was like being the best partner ever, there was a part of me that would, there was that, that 2% like, um, what do you call it, poison mm-hmm. that was in my system that would have me in some way or another go, despite how great this relationship is, it's not going to last, or she's going to leave. And, you know, if that, even in the tiniest little bit exists in any of us, then we're inviting that to happen. Inside, we already have decided it's over. And then everything we're doing to keep it going is just kind of an, an effort to to be a good partner. But at the, at the very depth, we've already ended it. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, 
what a long time being what I thought was really absolutely a great partner to, and, and I've had some amazing women in my life. And, you know, I look at, back at them and I go, well, those relationships might not have worked for a lot of different reasons, but I had something to do with them because there was a part of me that knew it wasn't going to last or it made a decision that it wasn't going to last. Yeah, and, and what I love about what you just shared there, Larry, is I think one of the things that when we get aware of this, it makes a huge difference, which is, well, like you said yeah, maybe there were some various reasons why the relationship didn't last, but you also attracted somebody who matched your belief. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You're that person, right. They also yeah. believed on some level love doesn't last. Yeah. So you were both in Oh, yeah, we, we bring mirrors in thing. all the time. Yeah, you're so right. You're, you're so right. So, you know, so I don't want people to think I'm sitting here, like, just making myself totally wrong and the other person totally right, I think we all do the best we can with the resources we have at any given point in time. And, you know, and I think that people show up in our life to really, truly say, here, I'm here again because it's time you get this one. Mm -hmm. And that's what you just said to me, Ken, really, what I think, is that that other person, I track someone that has that same belief system, it's like... (laughs) It's like someone knocking on the door. Hello, hello in there. <laughs> Why yep. do you think I'm here? <laughs> you know. Yep. Pay attention. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you know, sometimes that's how we wake up, and sometimes we get an objective third party that can go. Do you know you're doing this again and again? I actually, for me, I I had a a mentor of mine who one day said to me, she goes, "Well, you know, you have this belief that." Well, basically, you believe that you're not lovable. And so you just keep attracting other people who don't feel like they are either. And then you guys work out your your belief system on each other. And it was fascinating because when I did a little bit more work, I recognized what the core story was behind that. And once I got out of that, it totally changed everything. Because I did realize, I'm like, oh, yeah, we both have, like, our thresholds of how much we'll let ourselves be loved or be open to being loved because we believe inherently that there's something flawed here. I'm not lovable. And once that gets released, well, then it opens up the door to a whole different world. Totally different world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. And, and you, <laughs> that, that particular scenario is so common yes it's so common and and it's it, it's everywhere Ken because it's the environment we live in we live in an environment where um, advertising where marketing where um, fixing oneself all of those things come from the premise of you're not good enough absolutely and and it's it's not true <laughs> It's not true. I mean, the one thing that I that has been really clear to me working with genetic energetics, you know, I have this system that is incredibly accurate at letting people know how compatible compatible they can be energetically. It's massively accurate. And what it really says, though, is that you're not broken. You're just 
possibly a little bit different than someone else. Yes. <laughs> and this doesn't mean that you can't get along with them or you can't be in a, in a loving relationship with them. It means that you're different and that there's nothing wrong with you and nothing wrong with them. And this is just an opportunity to learn how to connect and communicate and honor and acknowledge and respect differences as well as similarities. That's a different place to come from instead of looking in the mirror and going, oh, God, I just don't like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's night and day. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Larry, because I love what you were just sharing about some past experiences. And and I remember at the beginning you made a comment about your current relationship. And rather be that relationship or something else. But what I'd love for you to share with us is kind of what's what's a partnership right now, whether it be romantic or not, that's really exciting for you right now? Mm. Oh, gosh. The woman in my life right now is the most exciting partnership I've ever had. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing as I say that because, you know, people say that all the time. It's like, oh, this is the best it's ever been. Well, I hope so. I mean, I hope that I'm constantly getting better and better. But sure. this, what makes this so special is a lot of the things that I needed to learn, I I. I fully embraced now. Courageous intimacy is very much part of how I live. If, if there's something that frightens me, I talk about it right away. Um, I'm really cautious to be, uh, what's the word, sensitive to how I communicate. So, you know, things like texting, which is so prevalent right now, mm-hmm. and a million other ways that people are communicating other than talking like you and I are, (laughs) or other than getting together face-to-face, are happening all the time. And all those other forms of communication have huge traps in them. Yeah. They have huge, huge challenges in them where we're not really deeply connecting. And so, you know, I'm in a relationship right now where, you know, if we're texting, we just kind of text information we have to get to each other, but we have something important to say. We're on the phone or we're face-to-face. We just know how important that is. Um, but probably the thing that that I've realized about relationships is like I've asked myself, what what makes a relationship last? What really, what ingredient needs to be there for relationships to have long-term benefit and success? And, uh, and the thing that comes up, there's a few things, but one, one of the critical most important things is we have to be inspired by our partner. Mm. Not only do we have to be, we have to be inspiring and we need to be inspired by them. And if that doesn't exist, like if you lose that inspiration with your beloved, it's really hard for that relationship to have any kind of longevity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, there's a, a, the woman in my life right now is, she's brilliant, she's a doctor, she does acupuncture work, she's doing things with the five elements of Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. and I find those to be incredibly potent and interesting and she is uh, she she's the person that just is she she's in the space of inquiry like I am I mean to me the discipline of inquiry Ken is the most important thing for me personally to constantly always be in a place of of inquiry just like when I was a little kid mm-hmm. like wanting to know wanting to know and so to have someone that is equally as interested in the world around them and wanting to experience things and learn that's like oh my god Thank you for adding a fuel cell to my fuel cell. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, and, and so there's that. And then we have this incredible ability to communicate with each other. And so from, from that inquiry space and from this inspiration space, there's serendipity is happening all the time, all the time. And we're constantly co-creating. We do a lot of our own work. I mean, I, she's not here while I'm on this call with you, but she is kind of right. Mm-hmm. We're talking about her, but the you know she has her work and I have my work, and then we do things together and we start to co-create, and that is really joyful and it's blissful, and and you know I, I will go lifetimes with that one. Yeah, and my discipline, my discipline is a discipline of inquiry, and my requirement is courageous intimacy is like to to be as vulnerable and authentic as I know how and I'm sure I'm going to learn how to even be better at it. That's that is so cool and and I want to ask you something because you said it very quickly at the beginning and it instantly made me think of this which is you said you know when something comes up for you you instantly address it. And yeah. what came up for me was how do you balance doing that and being courageously intimate and bringing those things up as they show up and becoming like needy empathetic and like I got another thing I got another thing does that make sense yeah yeah oh gosh well there's a question that I'll ask you know because neediness is kind of that place where we start to rely on other people to assist us with our challenges and our issues, right? Mm -hmm. And we're constantly kind of almost taking from them to feed ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's not good balance, right? So if I'm depleted in an area, I'm having an issue, the question I'm going to ask myself first every time, is this my issue? (laughs) Mm. or or is this something else you know and and it's like it's, it's in it's one of the most powerful inquiry steps that I know to take and I teach this to everybody if I'm emotionally charged by something like really emotionally charged by something and it's got its grip around me I the the discipline for me is to stop and go what do I have to believe to feel this way right now what do I have to believe to feel this way right now? And there's going to be a belief system like, well, I have to believe that I'm not capable of this, or I have to believe that I don't have enough money, or I have to believe that they don't love me, or I have to, you know, we can go on and on, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's going to be some belief system there. And then I got to ask, okay, is that my belief? Is that mine? Or is that someone else's? And... And that question, you know, if it's my belief, then it's like, where did that come from? And do I really want to hold on to it? Does it support me? Why do I hold on to it? Because we hold on to a belief, you know, and it keeps us in something. It's because we're getting some benefit from it somehow, right? So what benefit am I getting from that? And is that really a benefit? So these questions I'm going to ask myself first, Ken. And and then it's time, if I know that whatever it is that's coming up is, is clearly obvious to my partner. And by the way, if you are really close to your partner, there's no secrets. I mean, if you really think there's secrets, wake the fuck up. 
<laughs> Excuse my French, but there's not. I mean, if you're really connected to your partner, they're going to know if there's something up. Yes. They're going to feel it. They won't, might not know what it is, but they're going to know something's up. And so, you know, for me, I want to get to the healthiest place so I can have that conversation. And, and if I'm having difficulty getting to that place, then maybe that's when I go to my partner and go, well, honey, I'm stuck. I mean, I, I'm really stuck. And I need, I could use your help. <laughs> yep. I, I could use your help here. Awesome. And, you know, and, and, and there's inquiry there. That's the piece. There's, there's this process of asking questions to being curious instead of being stuck. You know, it's like, same like with judgment, Ken. You know, if you judge someone, if you stop for a second and go, wow, why did I say that? Why did that person piss me off? Why do I hate their guts? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in this moment. Like, if you don't ask that question, then you just remain in the hate and the upset. Yes. But if you ask that question, you know, you're going to get a completely different set of answers that are going to help you learn about yourself and hopefully get you a place where you get to be compassionate with why the other person is behaving the way they do. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's so powerful, you know, checking in with yourself first. And then if it's still has validity, then you can move forward with that. So that's huge. Thank you, Larry. And, and I think that eliminates the neediness. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, do some of us still, could we still be perceived as needy? Um, well, if our partner then still perceives us as needy, it could be that they have their work to do. It could be they aren't at this time in their life. They don't have the resources to help us. Mm. You know, remember I said we all do the best we can with the resources we have. Well, a great learning I had not too long ago. I was, I, there was a gal in my life, and and it just this relationship didn't go well. And I kept looking and went, wow, she just is not in a resourceful place. She's not in a resourceful place, and it's hard to continue relating like this because of that. And and I really was like thought I was being gently observing the situation and and honoring it. And when I look back on it, I go, wow. No, she wasn't in a resourceful place. She didn't have the resources she needed, and neither did I. Mm. I didn't have the resources I needed to to support her where she was in her life at the time. Now, by the way, I'm not making either of us wrong. That's just an observation. But at the time, I wasn't seeing my own shortcoming. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I look back on it now, and I go, wow, you know, this this. How could I have just been reminded again how easy, how easy it is for us to be in judgment yeah. and exclude ourselves from part of that? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and we can't. Absolutely. Yeah, we're human. We're still human, no matter how much work we do. Yeah. Well, Larry, we, we've actually arrived at a part of the show. I call it the bring it all home portion. And this is where we step away from stories. And I'm going to ask you for a couple of pieces of, of simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can leave the show and... and apply right now. What I want to start with is what would you say is the single best piece of partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Wow. The single best piece that I've ever received. Um, I, I've I've got to say that that's the piece about um, looking looking inward, looking inward and, and asking, just go into a place of inquiry and ask the question, what do you have to believe? 
You know, what are you holding on to right now that's gotten in the way of you being able to show up fully for your partner? So do your own inner work first and don't be afraid. Be excited. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's huge. Thank you again for reiterating that. And I'm wondering, because a lot of times people want, you know, what's my next resource? Where, where can I go now? And I'm wondering, what would you say is maybe it's the best book or resource that you would recommend to our listeners and why that particular one? <laughs> can I can I promote myself? <laughs> sure. If that's truly what you believe, I, I'm a big proponent of promoting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think there's a lot of great books out there. Mm-hmm. Um I think that we want to know as much about ourselves as possible. And so I would absolutely get your tail end to the Four Answers website. And there's a free report there called a Personal Energetic Profile. And find out what you are energetically. Um, there is information there that instantly allows you to free yourself up from a whole ton of stories and um, makes it possible with with almost no effort to embrace and acknowledge and honor people's differences instead of being at odds with them. And to me, that's huge. Uh, yeah. You know, I think we lack too much compassion in our world, and I think we can use as much information as possible to add compassion and understanding back in. And mine's not the only tool like that, Ken, but it's a very powerful tool. And it's not the only one that I use, but it's one that is at the foundation of every interaction that I have with kids, with friends, with relatives, with my beloved. I just want to know this so I can embrace them. And so I don't feel broken and they don't feel broken. Awesome. Fantastic. So so I would definitely start there. Yeah, no, I love it. That's that's excellent. And Larry, I think there's no doubt for anyone listening that that you're a tremendous treasure trove of information and support. And and I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners, what's the best way for them to contact you and learn more about what you do? Is it the website? Um, Yeah, the four answers is a great way. Larry M, Larry Michael. So Larry M at the four answers, email me. I'm accessible. (laughs) I don't hide. So I'm really, I'm real accessible and I want to be as much as possible. Um, you know, we're starting to do retreats and take people all over the world. We have one coming up called reveal and rewild. And I'm so excited about it because it's all of my work over all of these years and Simone's work. That's my partner as an acupuncturist. And we're really looking at how do we reveal all those emotional and physical pain bodies in our systems and let them go. Let them go. Reveal them and let them go. And rewilding is is now coming back into the world without the obstacles there and living our lives in flow. And, and so, you know, come to, come to, write me, come to the four answers, find me. We're here for you. <laughs> Excellent. And anybody who's listening right now while they're doing something else, which is pretty common with podcasts, know that <laughs> all you have to do is go to speakingofpartnership.com. Type in Larry's name and you'll go straight to his show page. There'll be links directly to his site. So it'll be really, really easy for you. Don't panic and run around looking for a pen and paper. If you're busy, you're busy. That's cool. Just come back to the website and we'll get you there. Well, Larry, 
thank you so much for everything today. Your stories, your insights, your 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 vulnerability has been amazing. And I have no doubt that I, along with most everybody listening to this, will be unpacking this for a while. Thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the, the great interview and the great questions. You're very welcome. It's so valuable. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.